Please try again. Welcome to Talking with Tiger, the Washita Sports Digital Network Podcast. Welcome to this episode of Talking with Tigers, a podcast of the Washita Sports Digital Network, the student sports media production program in the Rogers Department of Communications at Washita Baptist University. My name is Chris Babb. I'm the director of our program, and our students are excited for the 2022-23 school year to get going, and we have a lot of fun in store for you through our broadcast, podcasts, other shows, and collaborations with the Signal newspaper. This episode was a fun one. You'll hear when I start the episode, said, man, this was a fun one that I've been looking forward to, and it exactly was. If you have listened to Washita Tiger football for any length of time, the voices that you will hear on this podcast interview are not strange to your ears. Rex Nelson and Jeff Root are preparing for another year of broadcasting Washita Tiger football as the Tigers open the 2022 season at Oklahoma Baptist. I had a chance to visit with Jeff and Rex. It was really a fun time, probably one we wish we had done earlier and one that we definitely could add a few more episodes to uh, when you have two or three, including myself, people who like to talk about sports and especially about uh, Washita sports. We could have filled up a few hours, but we tried to limit it, and this was a fun 50 minutes with Jeff and Rex. We think you'll enjoy it, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Talking with Tigers with Jeff Root and Rex Nelson. Well, this is going to be a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to this since we uh, scheduled it. Uh, Our guest, as you heard on this edition of Talking with Tigers, the ones who are usually doing the talking get to talk today just in a little bit form. Rex Nelson and Jeff Root, uh, uh, the biggest part of the Washita Football Network crew uh, for the last couple of years, I would guess. And guys, before we get into... Uh, before we get into your history together, this is being recorded and it's going to be put out the, the uh, week one of football season. And I would imagine that uh, week one brings all kinds of uh, emotions and energy. Uh, Rex, even, even after all these years, uh, I would imagine the preparation and the nerves, even for broadcasters for week one, uh, is, 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 you know, is a signal that football season is here. You know, I never go into a broadcast, and I'm talking middle of the season, not just the first game. First game's the worst, but never go into a broadcast where I'm not a little bit nervous. Maybe a lot nervous. I mean, you've worked with me for a lot of years, Chris. You know that. Uh, Jeff certainly knows that. Uh, When you're doing remote radio, uh, if it can go wrong, it will. There's so many things that can go wrong. Uh, uh, we, we put a lot of pride into our product. Of course, we want Washtaw to win, too, so we don't want it to go wrong on the field. So um, I think if you're not a little bit nervous, you're not ready, to be honest with you. Jeff, same thing. You having uh, – and, and we talk about this, uh, uh, talk about – in a minute about what all you're involved in throughout the week before a game but uh uh i would imagine there's some you know first week uh, hey we're we're back in the saddle and things going but once that kickoff hits it's just kind of it just kind of goes it's very very true and and you know as we're getting ready for the season to start we've got a group text now and of course those didn't exist for the first 35 years that we did the broadcast (laughs) but now that we have it uh it's even more fun because rex is worried about the weather weeks ahead of time and uh whether or not we're going to be hit by lightning in in uh shawnee oklahoma and and you know there's good reason to worry about that so uh, it, it leads to some great conversations that lead to the season, and it helps you get ready. It helps you get ready because, partly because of the excitement in Rex's texting. You think about excitement <laughs> in his voice. He's exciting when he texts people as well, and it just kind of gets the juices flowing, and you get really anxious for the season to start. 
both of you, this is, it's not your full-time job, all right? Uh, Rex, take, take for you on Mondays. You've uh, uh, got the uh, Little Rock Touchdown Club, which the, the, week, the weekly recap is, is something that people really look forward to seeing. You've got your uh, blog picks, your blog articles, your, 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 I guess your, your real job with the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Yeah, my real job yeah. is i got to write three good newspaper columns That's a week. Right. Hopefully good. That's right. And then uh, Friday night, the uh, Arkansas High School scoreboard show that goes around, over, around the state of Arkansas. Jeff, the dean of two schools here at Washita. The double dean. The double dean. Call it. That's right. The double dean uh, at Washita. Like the old double men ads. That's right. Certain age. Don't Just sing like that. it. Don't sing <laughs> okay, it. Okay, no, I won't. Please, let's not sing it. You probably played some of those Showing commercials back at yeah, KBRC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you've got the, the double dean. We'll, we'll, we'll go there. And then uh, the Badgers on Friday night at Arkadelphia High School. And then Washita on Saturday. Start all over again. So I guess for both of you, and Rex can talk first, it's kind of a. Uh, uh, think of a labor of love. It's not uh, not paying a whole lot of bills, but it's just been kind of ingrained in part of you since since junior high. It's part of my life. It's part of who I am. I think Jeff will say the same thing. You know, and now uh, it's really seven days a week until about Thanksgiving. Uh, I spend Sunday afternoons putting together that presentation for Monday at the Touchdown Club. I give it. Uh, I do high school rankings on my blog and college picks on my blog early in the week. I do that scoreboard show on Friday night, and often after very little sleep, an hour or two, I'm in the car heading to do a Washtaw game on Saturday and turn back around on Sunday and start preparing for Monday's Touchdown Club presentation. And in between, I, I try to do my real job and write three columns a week. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, same thing for you, though. It's uh, For the last you know several years, Friday nights and Saturdays have been in a booth behind a microphone uh, being the eyes and ears for uh, the, I guess, the eyes and ears for, for people who can't go to the games. You know, it's one of the things we talk about with college students that if, if you're thinking about choosing a major because of what it will pay, then you're not thinking about whether or not you're going to get up and want to do that work every day. You, you really need to wake up and want to go to work every day. And so Rex enjoys all of his jobs. I enjoy all of my <laughs> jobs. So it's not, it's not really work, it's just life. And uh, I think that's a key to having a happy life. I'm, I'm blessed in that my wife goes with us to the high school games on Friday night, and she works in the press box on Saturdays. So, you know, she's made it a family thing, and that really helps also. The, let's go to the history of you two. Mm-hmm. I, w- most podcast interviews, I think the <laughs> industry standard is to limit it. So we can't do the entire history, but you guys have sat beside each other a long time. Although I will tell the listeners at home that uh, they feel kind of, of weird because Jeff is sitting to Rex's left instead of right. So I guess it's the uh, the right shoulder that will get hit today if, if something goes wrong on the podcast. Yeah, usually as to, to my right in a press box. Yeah. But Rex, this will be your 39th year covering Washita football. It would have been 40 if the 2020 season had uh, um, had happened. Uh, most of those years, you guys have been doing this together. Uh, and I know you say that uh, I'm done when he's done type thing, but uh, it, there is something about that relationship that comes from doing all these games, and it, a, a lot of that dates back to the history that both of you have in Arkadelphia and at Washita. Well, I was going to say it goes long before doing games. I mean, Jeff and I were two of what back then we called the Washita Hills kids. Uh, I mean, you could have formed several football teams with all the kids. Of course, the Vining family would have made up one old team themselves. They had so many kids. But uh, <laughs> there were a lot of us, Jeff, you think about it from uh, – you know, uh, we were kind of on the end of that big group of kids, but probably when we were six up to age 18, there were a huge number of kids. And we would play touch football out on the Washita football field on Sunday afternoons. So Jeff and I grew up uh, there within blocks of the stadium. So Washita football was just a part of our life, kind of like going to the First Baptist Church of Arkadelphia was a part of our yeah, life. Yeah, no doubt about it. That was a neighborhood that was founded by the university selling lots to faculty members, and then other Washita people who were in business uh, joined the neighborhood, like Rex's folks. And, you know, um, it was an idyllic place to, to grow up because you were surrounded by people that you had something in common with, so you felt like you knew everybody and had an opportunity to kind of idolize some of those adults and get to know some of their kids very closely. And I, I'll say this about Rex. I don't know that he's heard me say this before, but it's very, very true. 
most of the good things that have happened in my life, Rex has blazed the trail. Because even though he was a year ahead of me in school, Rex was always older in just kind of the life that he lived because he was working professionally as a junior high student. I mean, it was pretty phenomenal. So it's not like we spent a lot of time together when we were kids, but it was like I was always looking up to him as somebody who was doing incredible things and some of those things I wanted to do. I got to be a high school disc jockey because Rex was first. And I saw that as an opportunity. I I was able to do some things in sports broadcasting because Rex was there first and he welcomed me to the team. And that that has meant a lot to my entire life. He did not introduce me to my wife. That was Max Sisson. But but otherwise otherwise he has done uh, he's, he's done so much that has kind of shown a pathway that a person could take when I don't know that I would have seen that pathway if it had not been for Rex. Rex, let's let's talk about that uh, the history because you uh, when you come speak to my uh, mm-hmm. intro to communications classes, we you know we tell our students all the time that uh, uh, the work you do in this communications and media department in class is important, but outside the classroom is where you really learn how to do the job in the real world. You started that at an early age, and it got you behind the microphone at a lot early a- earlier age than than a lot of your peers. Yeah, I, you know, as a kid, I I really would take a cassette recorder to games, and uh, my friend Mike Bailey and I would act like we were doing a broadcast of a game. So when we started junior high, his mom, uh, Mrs. Diane Bailey, hooked up uh, with uh, the folks that ran the student station at Henderson called KSWH. And they were able to give us a two-hour show on Friday afternoons. The Arkansas Gazette came down and did a feature on that. It was really amazing. The Associated Press, this is when things actually went viral in real newspapers, uh, long before online, the Associated Press did the story nationally. And I've got copies of that story with a photo, actually, uh, that ran all over the country that friends of my family sent us from all over the country uh, about these two 13-year-old kids who had gone to Little Rock. You had to take an FCC test in those days, uh, pass the Federal Communications Commission uh, test, and were licensed broadcasters at age 13. So uh, thanks to thanks to Diane Bailey, it, it did start very, very young. And you guys have worked together as well. We talked to uh, Rex. This will be your 39th year in the booth. Yeah, and that's not continuous now. I, right. I, I'm going to make myself sound older than I am. Remember, I started young, but I lived in Washington, D.C. for five years, so there was a break in there. So I actually began play-by-play 44 years ago this fall. I did my first play-by-play in the middle. That's another story. Not at the first, but in the middle of the 78 season was my first play-by-play. And I guess the last time you probably missed a couple of games, 1998, was that the the last last year? The last time I have missed a game was, uh, yeah, Red Parker's last year as head coach. I was the campaign manager for Governor Mike Huckabee, and I just determined – you know, if something blows up late in this campaign, it was getting close to that November election date, I will never hear the end of it if I'm off in Oklahoma or Texas or wherever. So, Chris, I left it in your capable yeah, hands. Yeah, I was going to say there were two. Missed some games, they, but knock on wood uh, and thank the Lord for good health more than anything. But I've never missed a game that Todd Knight has coached, and he's been here since 99. Jeff, uh, you've been there for most of those, joined in 1980, but you also had a couple of uh, breaks going to school at Oklahoma State for uh, graduate work. Uh, uh, And then when you moved back to Washington, excuse me, to Arkadelphia in 92, got behind the microphone again for the Badgers. And then I know there was a time where you guys had a lapse of judgment and allowed just students to work with Rex. (laughs) Um, But... Before we get that's back right. to that, it was that's being right. students. That's I right. Was definitely uh, the old guy. But let's let's talk about that for a second because that's in our department. That's kind of what we we're shooting for too. You look at a few of those students. I, I can think of five myself who's uh, working here with our students in sports media. Jeff had, Williams uh, yeah. in the uh, NCAA office. Yeah. Patrick Netherton yeah. uh, does play by play for Northwestern State. Has his own radio show. Chris Bozen. Uh, where he works, he started back in the business. I had and three Chris's in a row. That's right. Bellarmine. Chris Belvin has worked in athletic communications too. So when I tell students about uh, the 
the need to get practical experience. I go back to that because that was my first experience was fall of 1995 when I hopped behind a microphone with you at Carpenter Haygood Stadium uh, to do a Badger game. And uh, uh, so, you know, before we get back into hop back into your your journey, that's that's an important part uh, of this department, and it's kind of played out over the years. Yeah, it really has. I started doing play by play for the Badgers when Rex uh, left for Washington, and I came back from my first stint in graduate school at the University of Arkansas and started doing play by play in '84 when I joined the uh, high school there on the faculty. And had the opportunity to work with some of my own students as they were, we do interviews with students, and they were my students in class as well as the players on the team. So we had a lot of fun in those years. But in those years, most of the time, we're using other adults on the air with us. Chuck Atkinson was on the air one year. We had Steve Smith on the air. We had uh, Alan Lawson on the air, some of those guys. But then later on, especially when I came back to join the Washtenaw faculty, it just seemed obvious to us that there are students who want to do this just like we wanted to do it when we were in school, and it became something that we could do. First of all, it's just kind of a bonus. And then, Chris, it really took off when we added it to the curriculum with a sports journalism class and then with the sports media program that you've created here. It really has taken off, and it's a, a tremendous opportunity for students to get experience. And the thing that I like about it is that the skills that you learn by doing this work being able to speak publicly, being able to uh, think on your feet because you don't know what's going to happen in front of you. Those kinds of skills are used in so many different ways of making a living. So we've had some people go off to law school instead of going into the sports media business. We've had a lot of people do a variety of things, but the skills that they learn in doing this work, they're able to transplant into whatever they choose. Absolutely. Let, let's, let's go into some of your years of broadcasting Washita football together and that's where I, I, some of the fun stories you know we said before we started there are you know we could tell stories for days and there are some and we stories, do when and we do we do and it, sometimes it feels like days <laughs> well let's talk about those road trips those are um you know, we've been from the AIC where you had shorter road trips the Gulf South where there was no such thing as a short road trip mm-hmm. back to the Great American Conference but those uh, uh those road trips where you just get up at you know 2:30 in the morning and have to head to Alva Oklahoma after a Friday night football game do the game and then crash but uh, those are memories that I know for you guys have have played a big part in your life well, I, my my dear wife uh, of 33 years now understands that, you know, some people golf, some people play tennis, you know. She'll say, my husband does college football games on the weekends, uh, and I don't see him in the fall, basically, because he's gone on Friday night. He comes home after I've gone to bed, sleeps for a couple of hours, and he's, he's gone again and, and very understanding. But, again, it becomes kind of just part of who you are, part of the rhythm of your life. And when we did not have a season due to COVID two years ago, I mean, I I was really messed up because it was a life rhythm that right. was messed up. Right. And, and it was so strange being at home and sat on Saturdays in the fall. It was kind of like you were lost. You probably had the same feeling, Jeff. And Jeff and I have said this. Of course, winning helps. And Washington's been winning big time in recent years. But if you had asked me 20 years ago, I'd say there's no way I'm still going to be doing Washita games on the weekends when I'm 63 years old. Uh, but in a weird sort of way, and like I said, we've talked about this, Jeff, it has become more important to us the older we get because we've just done it so long. Yeah, I think that's very, very true. I mean, I obviously, I'm excited about the students that work with us and the Washita Sports Digital Network. I'm excited about how well the team has played. Todd Knight's had a lot to do with our longevity mm-hmm, also. Absolutely. But by the same token, it, it's really it's really Rex and the rest of the team too, but especially Rex because of the longstanding relationship we have had. It's my opportunity to spend time with a friend. And it's an opportunity I don't want to give up. And as time has gone by and we've thought about what happens to some people when they kind of let go as they get a little bit older, mm-hmm. well, we don't want to do that. No. We, want to, we want to keep working, keep excited, and keep young. Yeah, we want to stay young at heart. Let's talk about the actual calling of the game. What is it about calling a football game that, one, intrigue you and what is it that you enjoy to do it for for all these years i think it is the absolute concentration uh that it requires i mean to do it well you have to be totally focused and uh 
Chris, you could tell funny stories, and we don't have time, of things happening around <laughs> me that I'm not aware of. Yeah. I mean, you guys know how focused I am during a broadcast. But I think that total focus, there are very few things in life where you are totally focused for hours at a time. And I can have other problems out there, but I'm not thinking about any of those problems during a football broadcast because if I'm not totally focused, I'm not going to do it well. And it is total focus and Certainly age now has something to do with that, but I find myself as exhausted as if I've played a game at the end of a broadcast. Now. And it, it's authentic emotion, too, because you care. Rex, he has emotion? Yes. He, he it's does. authentic, though. I mean, it's not a show. No. It's real. And what's happening in front of you is unscripted. You don't know what's going to exactly. happen, but you know it's going to be emotional. It's emotional for the players. We feed off of that. We feed off our own history. It's emotional, and it's important. Now, we're going to do it professionally. We're not going to say we and us. Mm -hmm. But by the same token, obviously there's a lot of care there about Todd Knight and his players. And that emotion, I think, is a healthy thing as long as we're professional about it. And then at the same time, you see a lot of emotion around the stadium. You go to a Washington Henderson game, I don't care if it's Alabama and Auburn. The investment in the game is real right. and intense. It doesn't right. get better than that no matter how many people are there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine anything, you know, more intense, especially for guys like us that have grown up with it, than the Battle of the Ravine. Um, and uh, – uh, I've told you guys before, the closest thing to it, I think Alabama-Auburn, because it's in-state, it's together, and uh, that's why uh, the late Rob Bartlett, uh, his call of the kick six famous call is one I listen to and I'm going to before we start, before every season, because it gets me so fired up because the emotion is so real when he's just over and over saying, oh, my gosh, you know, over and over again, uh, because it's it's that kind of rivalry, and, and a battle of the ravines the same way. And I think there's something also for you guys broadcasting, doing a team's broadcast instead of a uh, an impartial network broadcast or something. You're, you are going to be more invested in one of the teams, and while you are professional, there's obviously emotion – um, and I go back to seasons when I was in school. It wasn't nearly as fun to be around you guys on Saturdays <laughs> as, it, as it has been the last 13 years because you, you're invested into it. You know, even in those years, there's a certain good feeling if you've had a good broadcast. If you put everything you've got into the broadcast and you feel the broadcast is good, there's a good feeling. But, boy, it's exponentially better now when you've got a team that's actually winning big and there's a lot on the line. Well, it really means a lot, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, you just know you're going to have a great time. Even at a close game where you might win and you might lose, you know you've always got a chance. And so it means so much. And and I think also, Chris, you know, and, and Rex too, and especially Chris, since you're on the faculty and I'm here as well, when you know the players on the field, it, it right. means a lot also. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when Chris Rycraw was judged to be just an inch short of the winning touchdown against Henderson a few years ago, I hurt, I hurt for Washita, but I hurt for Chris because I right. had him in class and I knew him. And that adds something. That adds an element also. I think you can be professional. We can compliment the other team when they do something well. But by the same token, there's no doubt when people are listening – that we are pulling for the Tigers. We're just trying to do it in a professional way so we're not, uh, you know, relegated to the world of homers. Right. You, you yeah, may get that, it. Go ahead. I, I was going to say that those personal ties are important. I mean, as we talked about, Jeff and I are both Arkadelphia guys. So, for instance, Washita wins a battle of the ravine on a 53-yard field goal last year. That's a great story in itself. The greater story is it's an Arkadelphia kid – who grew up literally dreaming of kicking a winning field goal in the Battle of the Ravine, not for Arkansas, not in the SEC, but the Battle of the Ravine because he was an Arkadelphia kid. I mean, that's that's Hollywood stuff there, Jeff. Whose father went to Henderson, yeah. whose mother went to Wa – I'm sorry, his father went to Washington, his mother went to Henderson, Henderson yeah. yeah. Had it backwards. So – It's like you movie know, stuff, though. You know, recently when that family took over the Henderson house uh, – David, the dad, looked over at the chancellor of Henderson and said, you know, my, my son had your job last year for a while <laughs> because somebody had changed Thanks. the website to indicate yeah. that, that uh, the kicker 
was in the, fact the uh, president of Henderson. Yeah. Thanks to technology and Wikipedia, Gabe Goodman became the president of Henderson State <laughs> University for, for, a, yeah. for a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, another story that only happens in in this situation. Uh, uh, one of the, my fellow deacons at Park Hill Baptist Church is in the communications marketing staff at Henderson. I asked him at church about that on uh, uh, Wednesday night. And I said, so I saw you got a new president. He said, yeah. He said, for the longest time, it was still there and still there. And I was like, is nobody going to change it? So I just went and changed it I had back. to change it myself, yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned the emotion. Yeah. Anybody who has listened to or in the last few years watched a Washita broadcast might sense that rex gets a little excited on on calls i think you compliment each other very nicely rex uh um makes uh you know you're sitting by a celebrity he made uh, nbc <laughs> sunday night football after a keandre evans uh, uh interception yeah, about 108 yards as well yeah uh rex talk about some of those calls you know uh, you know the guys at the buzz obviously along uh, every time around this season they'll start playing calls from different people and they'll say hey uh you know the five four three two one the touchdown in washita they give him six i want you to talk about because uh, i don't think a lot of people really understand where those came from because of your um your your love for the history and the art of I, football I, play-by-play. I grew There up, is guys, the yeah. legendary play-by-play announcers that uh, that you listen to uh, from around the country, but especially in the southeastern part of the United I, I States. I grew up listening to great college football guys. I mean, Jeff can tell you the number of trips back in the old AM. Well, you can too, Chris. You're getting old yourself. The old AM Thanks. radio days before XM when we'd be listening through that static to hear a Larry Munson from Georgia or a John Ferguson from LSU. Uh, Kaywood Ledford from Kentucky. So like any anybody in this business, I think you steal from the great ones and then kind of make it your own. So the 54321 cu- uh, countdown actually comes from John Ward of Tennessee. Uh, people may not remember John Ward's name, but they've certainly heard the old it's football time in Tennessee. Uh, that was always when the team would run onto the field. Just a classic broadcaster. He wouldn't do it every touchdown, but he would do it on a lot of them, the countdown. And he would pause before the one and do the dramatic uh, pauses. So that's kind of a salute to John Ward. And then, uh, you know, Mississippi State, bless their heart, uh, you know, they they went decades where they weren't very good at football, but they had the same play-by-play man for over 50 years. And again, not every time, but he would uh, use uh, the promised land for the end zone or the land of uh, milk and honey. So that's kind of my salute there. I, I use it now almost every touchdown because it just seems fitting for a Baptist university. Uh, but those those were taken from old SEC announcers, yeah. And not, nothing's original in this business, Chris. Chris, I tell you what, uh, in the old days, in the early days, we would travel together, of course, mm-hmm. and my job was to drive. Rex's job was to fiddle with the radio. <laughs> right. and, yeah. and every time he found a game, he knew who was calling the game, no matter what team it was. It was, it was one of those early impressions that Rex is a student of broadcasting, not right. just a student of the game. Those were my heroes as much as players. Uh, I mean, even... Like I said, it wasn't a great winning team, but the fact that Jack Crystal had done Mississippi State games and ended up doing them for more than 50 years. In fact, I can remember the thrill a few years back. Uh, Mr. Crystal has since died, but uh, I was in the press box at War Memorial when Arkansas played Mississippi State in Little Rock, and I was up on the booth next, uh, up in the booth next to the radio booth where I could watch him. And Crystal, he got that good voice the hard way, and it's through lots of packs of cigarettes, I fear, would fire one up during every ad. And uh, I remember saying to my friend Kendall, uh, to my friend Kevin Trainer at the University of Arkansas, assistant athletic director there, I said, you going to enforce the no smoking rule in the press box? And he said, not on somebody who's been around more than 50 years. I'm not. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, on those trips, it was uh, restaurants and radio stations. Uh, yeah, by yeah, the time I came around, is, it was no more dial that you turned. It was push button. Right. And so, no doubt, we would be leaving Valdosta, Georgia, in the days that uh, we were still in the Gulf South Conference or West Alabama, where we see the Tiger Paw. And uh, uh, let's see if we can find Alabama. And within four seconds, the game's on. 
I am not at all surprised that Rex writes a lot about food. Oh, no. And no. places to eat. Because every time we go anywhere, we were never going to stop at a chain. No, we were going to stop at, at, at a place where the local people ate, and he knew all of them. And it was wonderful because they were always great places. So we were always going to win the meal, right. maybe, not, maybe when, not the game. Except when Deborah vetoed places from time to time. A well, little too much like a truck stop for her taste. Sometimes. If people were walking in with firearms, she'd say no. <laughs> You know, we had the truck test. If we're on a trip with Mac, and he'd say, "No, that one doesn't pass the truck test." If it didn't have five pickup trucks in the parking lot, it must not be a good restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let me say this, Chris. You know, um, part of the reason that I love broadcasting with Rex is because it's Washita, and and we're winning so often, and because we are we've been friends for our lifetimes. But part of it is just the sheer excitement of being next to him during a game because the amount of energy flowing in that box is just electric and it's so much fun to be part of that it took me a while to learn that that complimenting didn't mean imitating right mm-hmm. even when i first started doing play-by-play i tried to be rex for a couple of games and I realized i i can't be rex there's only one rex so part of what you got to do is kind of find your own voice and your own way to contribute but it doesn't have to be that everybody does it the same way and rex has been great to to recognize that and to to feed us and we've got a kind of a rhythm that we've developed through the years and that has been part of the reason that there's been some success there yeah thank thank goodness for a jeff because after a very exciting play a calm football doctor can then come on and tell the audience what actually happened in those previous few seconds that you were just listening to. Here's what actually happened through those screens. So that he is a complimenting force in the in that sense. And then during the breaks, after the negative plays, he can rub his uh, rub his shoulder from getting the elbow from from red. Yeah, you know, I went back because often, I, you know, I'm I'm thinking of the next play and I, and I don't remember again but um uh last year um after that 53 yard field goal we were talking about in the battle of the ravine like great broadcasters jeff let the crowd go for a little while for a few seconds before he came in then and it was your timing was just beautiful on that i went back and listened to it later uh just to let that crowd tell the story in front of us oh it was such a big crowd and they had such a strong reaction just to let it let that be part of the broadcast it is it is part of the game let it be part of the broadcast Mm -hmm. the preparation for a season you mentioned the text groups. We've also got the email chain and the the sponsors, and here's the the intros and outros and and the the sign on. You know, I remember distinctly as a student, just knowing, seeing how much preparation went in from your your notebook and your papers and this and that, and not only the stuff from the university to prepare for the teams, but your own preparation, and then uh, the sign on that unfortunately you would have to block one of our former partners, Patrick, out when he would uh, yeah. mouth the sign-on. But talk about the preparation that goes into it because it's a it's a serious deal. Oh, yeah. I, I have always uh, – this goes back many years, as Jeff knows. I have always written my sign-on just like I'd write a newspaper column. I, I mean, I want that prepared, scripted. I want to set the stage for those next four or five hours that we're about to be on the air. I don't want to just be, you know – Joe Bob and Tim Ray in the press box, like you hear a lot of places saying, ah, you know, and then they start talking to each other. I, I want a scripted sign on. So I do that. Uh, as our network has gotten bigger, as Jeff and I've gotten older, we've got great guys like uh, Michael, and uh, you've helped us so much through the years, Chris, and Richard Atkinson and all, that they have taken uh, Dr. Casey Modell with his great job of no better coach interviewer than Casey Modell. So I don't actually talk again after that sign-on for an hour, you know. And that hour, though, is very intense preparation. I'm listening to the pregame show to make sure everything goes right, but I'm also still memorizing numbers, memorizing stats, putting notes on my roster and so forth there. Uh, uh, And Jeff will verify this. Our, Our press box 
once we are on the air is a pretty intense place even before the game starts. It really is. And with the new stadium, that has prolonged our careers as well because they put a restroom right behind <laughs> Thank us. Thank goodness, yeah. That's tremendously <laughs> and important. An Which we're not going to have for the season was, opener uh, at Oklahoma yeah. Baptist. So I and, don't know about that. And an elevator, yeah, which that, helps as well. Yeah, the uh, ladder. At home. Mm, yeah. I'm, I've had it with ladders. Yeah. It, we, we had some ladders at the old uh, uh, A.U. Williams Field. Uh, That's press probably problem. when yeah. my Washtenaw streak will end. I'm not going to be able to get up that ladder and show. <laughs> I'm going to give it my best shot this year, this week, but I, I don't know. You mentioned that uh, you don't talk for that hour, and sometimes it's probably good because by the time you finish a broadcast, and especially if it's a, a big Henderson win and it's a decently long post-game show, uh, you're probably pretty spent. Uh, most mm-hmm. broadcasts, uh, I guess about 20, 25 years ago, I guess there was one particular broadcast where you were really spent, and uh, <laughs> uh, somebody might have planted a seed a couple of weeks ago when you were on the buzz, and uh, yeah. I believe you might be the only uh, uh, only broadcaster who might have been have a doctor's prescription for uh, uh, electrolytes before the game. I, we opened with Henderson. We were in different conferences, so the Battle of the Ravines started the season in that old crowded press box which was always hot and humid to start with at AU Williams Field it was um, I think it was over 100 at kickoff that night and uh, I got so into the game I probably did not take a swig of water and uh, became severely dehydrated to the point that I went to the doctor a couple of days later and he ran a blood test to tell what it was and said look you need to uh, you need to start really uh uh, filling up on liquids before the game, and I decided Blue Powerade uh, was my favorite. So thus the stop at the convenience store and get quote-unquote blue juice became part of our routine, you'll remember, <laughs> That's right. After, after the restaurant stop, wherever we were, I had to go by the gas station, go get two bottles of blue juice. If only <laughs> Dr. Cluck had been doing IV bags back in the back late then, yeah. 90s. <laughs> Oh. Now, 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 we did have to run down to the team trainer as recently as last season, though, and <laughs> and get tape to stop me from bleeding in a press box. So, you know, things still happen. Things you still you happen. said it was an intense four hours, and that's, it that's is, pretty yes. intense. We don't normally have injuries, but sometimes. <laughs> Road trips uh, provide such stories. Are, are there just – and I didn't prepare you for this, uh, but are there some just at the top of – I think of uh, trips – I think of – Separate locations that have uh, well, good were, memories. You were in on one of the best ones, which is the Flush Keys, Jeff. I'll let you tell that. that oh yes. Oh yeah. I don't need to tell it. I don't. Uh, I, don't I don't need to tell this, and yeah, I'll get in trouble. Uh, that that was wonderful. Playing uh, North Alabama, games. and it's a big game. Washtenaw's doing well, and uh, trying to beat the big school of North Alabama, and. Lo and behold, uh, some wives come in the back of the press box, and they're panicked. And we we all Frank, we're I thought thinking, somebody had yeah, passed away. I, literally, we thought somebody has died, and we're all uh, about to find out who. But it wasn't a death, Chris. Chris, what was it? Well, it was a the 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 van that we had rented yes. from Paul Shepard Auto here in town. Uh, one of the wives who will remain nameless. Um, I mean, you can say who it was because it's. Not oh, your wife. You uh, know, uh, uh, my wife was there, yeah, but I she, think yeah. it might have been your wife yeah. who had the yeah. keys. I uh, had to use the restroom and um, used the restroom, and uh, about 30 seconds later, the keys ended up in the uh, uh, sewer system of the Flores Municipality. It was one of those yeah. automatic flushes. Automatic yeah. flush, yeah. and yeah. Uh, it's the uh, split second, like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have to reach down and get these keys, and then they were gone. They were gone, and you can't get them, so... Uh, <laughs> They uh, ended up in the sewer system in Florence, Alabama. But you know what was so great is that by the time the game was over, they had solved the problem. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I, I did get. I said, local locksmith had come. I said, I, I can't leave right now. And she, I got the look, and I said, guys, I've got to go for a second. I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, keys are flushed down the toilet, and then thank you to Jeff Hodges, who's still on the athletic uh, communication staff at University yeah. of North Alabama was able to get a yellow pages out because at that time you know we don't have google on our phones uh amy was able to get with a locksmith the locksmith had pity on her in the parking lot was able to cut a key and then we were able to leave and go to eat at applebee's after the game yeah. rex there's another parking lot story that i yeah, like you two guys weren't around for the great alva crash um it was richard atkinson 
we walk out. You know, we do about an hour post game show. People like to make fun of sometimes. that, but it is. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's four, just an, sometimes it's just an hour, <laughs> <laughs> and then it takes a while to wrap up. So everybody's gone when we left the stadium. Got, got it. So Everybody. We're leaving Alva, and they have this huge flat parking lot out there. I mean, you're in. To paraphrase the old Lou Holtz line, it's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. So a big old flat parking lot, and there's my vehicle. Now, to make this worse, at the time, I was president of Arkansas Independent Colleges, which Washita was a member. It was a company car. And uh, I'm on one end of the parking lot, this big jacked-up pickup truck like you'd expect some good old boy in West Oklahoma to drive is on the other side of the pick parking lot. As Richard Atkinson and I watch, walking back to the car, this guy gets into his pickup. I don't know why he was leaving so late. Puts it in reverse, floors it, goes backwards across that parking lot, and crushes my car. <laughs> it was probably the, the janitor. Two cars, two cars in the lot. In a big lot. And probably somehow the, the he, janitor that missed his dinner. <laughs> he was ready to Somehow go. he does over $2,000 oh. worth of damage to my vehicle as Richard and I were watching from above. And it was like one of those old you know, things where it's like in slow motion and you're going, no. <laughs> Okay, Rex, let me take you back for one. This is this goes back to <laughs> Rex's days as voice of the Arkadelphia Badgers. I'm that with him. That goes way back. And we're doing one of those long post-game shows. But occasionally this would happen, Rex. Old high school stadium. We were in some really uh, not beautiful press not boxes. Not at all. And occasionally, I think this might have been Camden I'm thinking of. <laughs> occasionally, they decide to turn all the lights out yep. while we were in the in the show some even locked the gates with yes, us still inside yes. luckily we could I'm still glad that story stopped yeah <laughs> luckily we could still we yeah, were young a, and could still climb fences at the time that's exactly right wouldn't happen now fences and the big box right yeah, oh the yeah. equipment was something else but too. the equipment there was one giant black box that had been made actually for like a tv repair man it was that kind of box right and then there was a smaller black box that I think had been used on the Normandy invasion. It was so old in the 1940s. You know, send in air cover that had an old phone that had an old phone in it. I think I saw it in Saving Private Ryan. I, I think I saw it. It was on the beach. But those the, were the two boxes. We had the big black box and yeah, the little black the, box, right? And one in the green, the olive green phone. Uh, and that's the it. bad thing it, is, which was in the little black box, which I was around. Almost at the turn of the century, and still had the still, <laughs> still had, had all yeah. of it. Rotary Which we phone? had started Rotary with phone. in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you mentioned yeah. It, it's it's been a blast, and we'll start to wrap up. But you mentioned that equipment. I think of uh, um, KVRC and KDEL and Eddie Graham. I see Eddie, uh, you know, in town you know, out at the Plaza Sun. But just what uh, what a, a legacy that uh, you guys have left in the in the world of, of small town radio and the the availability which obviously times are different now and not all small towns including Arkadelphia have a uh, an AM or an FM radio station but uh, what memories and and that you guys have provided and I think that's one thing as broadcasters you you, you get caught up in it and you do it and you enjoy it but so many people have listened to the words that broadcasters have said. And for Arkadelphia, for Washita, a lot of those, most of those memories fall with, with the two of you guys. You know, Jeff and I were just happy to be on KVRC 1240 AM at 1,000 daytime watts and 250 nighttime watts uh, then. And it's really, and again, thanks to Todd Knight, winning, winning makes the difference. But it's pretty amazing to think now, and also thanks to some great radio stations in Arkansas that realize there are a lot of Division Two fans out there. But, Jeff, we are on 11 signals in nine different cities now. That's that's a long way from just KVRC. Covering multiple states. Yeah. It's just amazing. It really is. I, I tell you what, Chris, line us up for about four more shows. We'll talk about local radio because there are a lot of stories <laughs> well, that go with of, local radio. A lot radio, of stories there, yeah. But all of them, so much fun. It was it was a, a great opportunity. Uh, you know, we did disc jockey work and then called games. I, I engineered some games back at the station when Rex was at the baseball field, and we thought we'd go all night long it was uh it was a lot of fun and there are a lot of stories that go with it it was real community radio i mean for several summers when i was a college student chris i did more than 50 baseball games live 
every summer. More than 50 youth and, baseball games. And 49 of them took a long time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you well, had to have a lot of good stories. No then. doubt. But, um, well, guys, as we prepare for the 2000. 22 Washtenaw football season. Uh, fall is here, although the temperatures the last few weeks have not necessarily felt like it. Fall season is here. Football season uh, is here. What do you hope those who uh, tune in to your broadcasts uh, take out of it after after a broadcast, other than being happy about a Washtenaw win, but about the broadcast? What, Rex, what do you hope that people who tune in take out of that at the end of it? This is going to sound hokey, but, I mean – Jeff has known me all my life, so he knows this is very sincere when I say this. But I have always wanted our game day production, which, again, long pregame, long postgame. It's about a five-hour production. And I've always wanted that to be a five-hour ad for Washita. Because even though we're a Division One school, I want it to sound as good as any Division One broadcast out there. And I want people to listen – and say, boy, that Washtenaw just exudes quality. Uh, whether we're winning or not, that broadcast is so first class. You know, that's not like your typical D2 broadcast. It exudes quality, and I want it to reflect well on my alma mater. That's that's really my ultimate goal. That's absolutely true. I, you've, you've said it many times through the years. It's absolutely right on target. And I tell you what, I'm glad you mentioned the names of the other guys that are on the team with us because – We've had some great people to work with through the years, none better than the team that we have now, but great people through the years because people are drawn to quality, and that's why Michael Westbrook has joined us. That's why other people have uh, joined us in the past. That's why Richard stays with us because it's a quality experience. It's quality broadcast and obviously a quality team as well. And I tell you what, when Chris added live stream, it meant a lot. There are a lot of folks who are getting together with their friends and putting it up on the big screen and listening to the broadcast and watching it as well. So that addition has been meaningful also, Chris. Yeah, I. It, it shows how old Jeff and I are getting when I still consider Richard Atkinson the kid, and he started with us 14 years ago on the broadcast now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember. Because what's the kid? Always the kid, there right? There go. It was 15 years ago when I, I was, I guess uh, – the last year I did the sideline yeah. report oh, yeah. before 2000. Uh, That's right. I guess 11 years because when I left to go out to work at the school district, to have a picture. It was against Delta State. It was the last game that we oh, did. Yeah. And I have a picture of uh, Carter sitting beside me. I love me, that photo. Listening. I, I've got an earpiece in my ear. He's got an earpiece in his ear. And I'm sitting on the brick wall waiting for the game to end. And, uh, you know, time flies. Carter graduates this year. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Chris, I know we got to wrap up, but I just got to say this. You know, you talk about favorite games. One of my my favorites in the newer era is the playoff win against Indianapolis. And we've got to pull up (laughs) at some point, we got to pull up the section of it where we stop talking about football and start talking about boxing because there was some interesting stuff going on on the opposite sideline. I've played played it in class the last three semesters. Have you really? (laughs) Yeah. That's one of the few times I've started laughing on the air and just couldn't stop laughing. Oh, man. We we could do that. Do you have – I guess after 39 years, it's going to be hard to uh, pick a favorite game, but that's where we'll wrap up. You know, is there a – are there a couple – I guess you could say most battles of the ravine or whatever, but are there a couple that that stick out after all this time, and that's where we'll wrap up You know, I've had people put me on the spot, and uh, so I've given this some thought. And strangely enough, if I had to pick one play that was my favorite to call, it's not from a Battle of the Ravine. Probably the other nine in the top ten would be. But it was that first, and I don't want to say going undefeated in the regular season. We've done it three times now. Ever gets old. It doesn't. It's special. But it was that first one, which made it really special in 2014. And Washtenaw had to drive the length of the field against a very – good Harding team with former Auburn starter Kyle Frazier as Washtenaw's quarterback had transferred here and um, we scored right at the end of regulation to send the game into overtime. Had to have a two-point conversion too, but the touchdown was a pass that I think only Frazier could have thrown in D2 between two defenders. The guy was well covered in the end zone And I think that's my favorite single play, Chris. Uh, It was just such an amazing play and such an amazing comeback. Now, Battle of the Ravines, I mean, they just keep getting better. 
I mean, you look at the last two Battle of the Ravines at Cliff Harris Stadium. Uh, you know, you look at driving down in 19 and uh, scoring on the goal line uh, uh, in the final seconds of the game. You're out of timeouts, by the way, and scoring is right up there. And then the field goal, that field goal was so long at 53 yards. Again, I don't always remember, so I go back and listen that I usually say, you know, snap, hold, kick, and then it's good or not good. That was so long I had time to say trying to get there. Right. Uh, it, it was so long. And, and that's that's a favorite call now from just a year ago, Jeff. Yeah, I have the same list. I mean, it's just any, any Washington-Henderson game that goes down to the wire is emotion to the point of tears. And it's so powerful, especially when both teams are good or especially when Washington's got a chance to do something really special and head off into the playoffs. It's It's been so special in recent years. But, you know, even before we were broadcasting, I'll never forget the 75 game mm-hmm. when we were probably broadcasting just to ourselves as we're watching it. I mean, that's that's the fourth and 25 play converted. That young man, by the way, came back and graduated after a few years uh, while, while I was on the faculty. Great to see uh, that for Gary Reese. And then the touchdown that came after that, the game winner, the 15-14 game. That was the first game. I think that was 75, if 75, I'm correct. So I was, yeah. I was uh, 14 years old. And at a 14-year-old, I'm saying, I'm never going to miss a game. I, I'm never going to miss a Battle of the Ravine because of that game. That that was so captivating. That was at Henderson. And watched I headed the playoffs that year, mm-hmm. in fact. But... Since then, it happens over and over again. The Mark Watley catch for a touchdown against Henderson. Just tremendous opportunities to see those two teams battle it out. Henderson's had their fair share of wins as well in close games, but those close games where Washington pulls it out, just as much fun as I can imagine having at a football game anywhere. And, you know, a battle of the ravine is in a league of its own. But I tell you, the Washtenaw-Harding rivalry has gotten awfully good in recent years. Yeah, it really uh, has. Jeff, it's it's certainly up there at number two now as far yeah, as rivalries. Really, because they are very powerful every year in a fight, generally with Washington Henderson for the championship. Mm-hmm. Well, exciting times. Football season is here. Let's you know, do We it. could do uh, three more. I'm sure there are people sitting at home, uh, they're still listening, saying, man, why didn't you ask them about this? But uh, uh, I know from f- – for the people who have watched and listened to you guys, uh, just thank you for spending your time uh, covering uh, covering Washita uh, from the days you were in school to now. I appreciate you sticking and, your time and, around, and Chris, spending your time. Look, look at it on the bright side as you sign off. Uh, you know, they make us sit on the roof of the press box in Oklahoma. You know about Oklahoma thunderstorms in August. So if lightning strikes me on top of that press box, you've already got your obit show done, see, on your interview here. <laughs> hey, and we kept it shorter than a postcard, yeah, right under an hour. <laughs> Pray for us that we make it out of Shawnee, please. Jeff Rex, thanks. Good luck this season. Thanks. Thank you. That sure was a lot of fun, and uh, we might have to try to do that. Again, we thank you for tuning in to this episode of Talking with Tigers, and we'll see you next time. Talking with Tigers is a production of the Washita Sports Digital Network, the student sports media production program in the Rogers Department of Communications at Washita Baptist University.